What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 61. It is our free agent frenzy edition. And I am here with Ryan and Tyler, but more importantly, we are joined tonight by Sarah, known meme queen and contributor to Winging It in Motown. Sarah, how are you doing tonight? I am doing fantastic. I'm feeling like 20% educated. So the things that I don't know will shock you. Great. Ryan and Tyler, how are you guys doing tonight? Well, first of all, I'm actually glad you acknowledged our existence this time with Sarah. So we're already off to a way better start on this episode. So I'm fantastic. I'm learning. As you guys know, I'm here trying not to die because I sat in the sun all day and didn't drink a lick of water. And oh, I believe it or not, I did not have an alcoholic beverage, but Tyler looks should. like a mummy right now. <laughs> okay just just keep your legs moving get pucks in deep you'll be fine yeah don't don't lock your knees you'll be okay (laughs) so we got uh quite a bit to go over tonight as you know the free agent window opens on the first of july uh there have been rumors around the league of players visiting other teams uh trades cap clearing and surprisingly uh nearly zero of it has to do with detroit which yeah. you could take either way. I think it's a good thing. I don't think we need to be super splashy or flashy just because we can. But we have been mentioned in a few off-season rumors. Uh, Max Baltman from The Athletic put out a pretty good primer today for free agency. And we have a laundry list of things that Sarah sent to us, uh, probably 90% of which she doesn't remember. So That's accurate. Yeah, That might even be being too generous to me. <laughs> So I think we'll start with uh, the couple of of trade targets that have been mentioned in the Detroit sphere. And the two main ones that that we've been hearing are Jonas Donskoy and Ryan Dezingle. You mean free agent targets? That's what I said, right? You said trade. Well, I clearly meant free agent (laughs) targets. But those two would be Jonas Donskoy and Ryan Dezingle. So Jonas Donskoy played for the Sharks last season. And Ryan Dezingle split his time between Ottawa and Columbus. So, uh, Ryan, I'm going to let you run through a little bit of stats on Donskoy. And we'll kind of break. I mean, I don't know what I want to do with them, but I guess we can talk about them since they're talking about us talking about them. Donskoy, he is the ripe old age of 26 years old. He's got four, I guess you could call it four seasons uh, in the NHL, all with San Jose, came into the league at, in 2015 at the age of 23. He's had some decent seasons, three of them of 30-plus points, never more than 37, which was this past year. He was a role player while he's at San Jose, but that's really all they needed him to be. But I think the biggest thing that stands out is that he is a great possession player. And Detroit kind of lacks that because they like to play hot potato half the time if it's not like Larkin or Mantha. And he would be a great, I want to say, depth guy because Detroit's forward depth isn't that fantastic. But he'd be someone that could fit inside, unfortunately, for their team, the top six. He'd probably be a second-line winger, I would say, on for Detroit at this point. But he's younger. He can, like I said, he's great with the puck. It, 30 points if he can do that coming in. I mean, it's kind of what they can ask for. It's more than just an advocator, so I'll take it. Yeah, I would kind of agree. He had an eight-game pointless streak 
this season, which is not phenomenal. Uh, he was on the ice for some bad goals. He averages anywhere between nine and 16 or 17 minutes a night. So he can log some minutes. Like uh, Ryan said, he's a good possession player and we are a dump and chase team. So I don't think we're really going to change our play style. So I'm not sure how he would really fit in uh, on that kind of side. I mean, for the there... fantasy stat people, he averages 54% Corsi for his four years. He hasn't been below 53% Corsi year, year over year. So for yeah. a, a guy like his, for his role for San Jose, granted San Jose is a puck possession driving team, but that's pretty still a pretty good thing to bring for Detroit that had, I think, what, one person that hit 50% in Larkin? Yeah, and for the people that don't know, Corsi is five-on-five five possession stats, so he is a positive possession player uh, in 5v5 on ice. Which so, is not everything. No, but it's a good indicator. When you look at the Corsi on 90% of our team. Not even five minutes in, you're going straight Debbie Downer, Tyler. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm not going Debbie Downer. I'm just saying it, it is it is an effective tool to see what a person does or a player does but it's not everything and it's certainly not going to be the factor of why they would end up bringing him on to the wings. Well, Sarah, where, where would you see if pressed, where would you see Jonas Donskoy fitting into the lineup? I want to I mean, I'm depressed that better than Abdelkader is the bar that we've set <laughs> on this episode. Cause I'm like, Oh, then Donskoy is now elite. Hall of Famer, but put him in. But in in series, I reluctantly see him on the second line, and I don't. I'm not saying if that's due to injury or not. I will leave that to the season to decide if that happens on purpose or because we have no choice. <laughs> Either is totally an option with us. Um, definitely, you know, definitely not top, definitely not bottom, but second line. Maybe third. I guess it just depends on how things shake out and how committed they are to making double A a center, which everyone knows that I'm against. So if Steve would just ask my opinion, I would tell him (laughs) what to do. But since he's not, I think that's, I really think kind of the AA where he lands winger or center will actually have a pretty big impact on how they kind of shuffle the deck. Yeah, Mr. Eiserman, our DMs are all open. So if you would just like to converse with us before you make some decisions, we're happy to put our input in there. We'll totally but, uh, keep it to ourselves. Yeah. First one, I, first one's free. First one's yeah. free. Yeah. First one's always free. <laughs> but I think uh, Donskoy would fit more of, and it's another name that's been coming up in conversation. Donskoy would fit the Gustav Nyquist role on the team. Aww. Uh, kind of, I mean, I think Donskoy might be a little bit more, as you said, a more of a possession player than Nyquist was. Nyquist was also cold and hot at times. Nyquist really came on when he played with Larkin, which Donskoy would not be playing with Larkin. But I think it's the kind of kind of place you would put him, and I think that he would cost you less than signing Nyquist because Nyquist's name is coming up more in the we want to bring him back or or Detroit is looking at him rumor is surprising to me it's it's surprising to me too kind of uh because eiserman made some comments that said we're looking for the right cap hit and right term and at this point i feel like nyquist would want probably a five six year contract right 
Yeah, that's not something that I think the Wings are going to want to do at this point in time, especially in in what he's at in his career. And, and he's looking to cash in. This is probably the last chance he's going to have to, to, you know, not make it big, but, you know, get the biggest contract probably he'll ever get in his career. And I just don't think the Red Wings are in that position to give him that. Well, yeah, it's a career season for him in goals and assists. Right, absolutely. And that actually brings us to one of uh, Sarah's points. It says, sign Nyquist, you cowards. I want that pick. So, <laughs> yeah. So if the Sharks sign Nyquist, then we get a, a pick upgraded in next year's draft. Hasn't that ship sailed, though? No, it was the Sharks make the uh, the finals or that uh, Nyquist re-signs in San Jose. So a lot of people are like, there's no way Nyquist is re-signing in San Jose. They don't have the money. They're not going to have the room. But you keep hearing that negotiations between Nyquist and San Jose are ongoing. He hasn't closed the door to returning there. So there is still hope that we can get that pick bumped up to a second. Oh, past Sarah. You were so optimistic. (laughs) those out yeah. all those hours ago um it was future, all that wednesday at sarah, noon yeah current <laughs> current sarah a day later who has reflected upon this matter i think carlson just kind of he's the one he took the ship he strapped nyquist to the mast and sailed it out to sea uh i think nyquist is out of the picture for the sharks as much as i you know want that pick but i also think nyquist is out for the wings i agree with what you're saying that he's at the I'm going to want five or six years and five or six million. And we're like, how about three years and three million for anyone who wants to show up? So yeah. I think Nyquist is going to end up with some jerk team that I hate, oh. like the Bruins or the Canadians. The Do not say the Bruins. Columbus is getting dropped a lot the last two days. I wouldn't mind that as much because they're not, they're not sure. in like our business. <laughs> they're yeah, over, exactly. over there. True. They're in Ohio, which barely exists. So. Please, please don't say the Bruins, because then all I have to hear is all my friends that are Bruins fans. Oh, you should have signed Nyquist. He's the best signing we've had in a long time. And knowing Nyquist in Boston, he'll have like 30 goals or something. like Something stupid? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's – I don't know. I don't want him back. I frankly don't think we need him. I think we need to promote our talent from within – I honestly don't think we need to make any free agent signings at all, but then we wouldn't be doing a uh, a podcast if we didn't have to talk about it. So the next free the next free agent that uh, people have talked about uh, the, a possibility for the Red Wings is Ryan Dezingle. So I was like, Ryan Dezingle, Ottawa threw him away, but uh, that's generally because Ottawa's stupid. Uh, Ryan Dezingle in 78 games had 57 points, 56 points, 56 points in 78 games, which is good. He had 44 points on an Ottawa Senators team, which was in last place in the league. Uh, for uh, When he got traded to Columbus, he played 21 games, had 12 points. I believe he only went three games without a point in the entire season. So Dezingle's 27 years old. I think he could fill the same kind of role as a Nyquist or Donskoy, but I think he'd provide you with a little bit more offensive and playmaking ability. 
I also think it would come a little bit cheaper. He's only coming off a contract where I think he was only making like 1.8 or something like that. So I, I think it would come cheaper. I think it would also it, – it's beneficial to the Red Wings because he also plays center, and, and you, as you've seen, he can also play the wing as well. And uh, it, it, he gives you a little bit more punch offensively too, I, I would say, besides um, bringing Nyquist back, you know, maybe with chemistry might bring – more offensive production, but I think I think the Zingle's a better option than Nyquist or Donskoy. And this also supports the Sarah movement of get AA out of center. Uh-huh. You could slot Ryan Dezingle in as your second line center and move AA back to the wing, where I think we all agree where he should be. He is too much of a defensive liability to be slotted at center, making important decisions for big people. He needs to be put on the wing where he can go fast, fast, and shooty, shooty. That's his job. <laughs> Fast, fast, and shoot. Ooh, you just came up with a t-shirt. 72, but, uh, fast, fast, shooty, shooty. Top, fast, fast, <laughs> bottom, shooty, shooty. But I think that's what Ryan Dezingle would bring uh, to the team. And a fun fact, he was a round seven draft pick, picked 204 overall in 2011. So dreams do come true, people. I think he'd be good with AA on the wing, especially if you were to throw hopefully as Adina out there, you have those three guys on, on a single line going pretty hard or you even toss Hiroshi, the playmaker with those guys. I mean, we see, we saw the zingle. If you get, we're able to watch him a little bit. I was, I had some, I bought the NHL package at the end of the season. So I was able to watch more the Columbus games as they're making their push, but he can make plays. And when he's with talent, he doesn't waste it. So I, I, it, he'd be cheaper, less term, for in to Max's article from today, the primer, that's exactly what Detroit needs because of the state of all of their restricted guys right now. So if he was, a, if they got him for a three-year deal at a couple mil per year, I think he, it's a huge win. Ryan, he's also a fellow Buckeye. He is a Buckeye. Yes, he is. Yeah, no one cares. That's why that's I could see awesome. him staying in Columbus too. It's it's possible. But again, Columbus has has some signings they have to get done too. Yeah, I don't see those happening. Yeah, did you, did you guys see the photo from the Rangers today with uh, Panarin? Oh, where they got his handing wrong? <laughs> yeah, they have him as a left-handed player. Yeah, I mean it's I listen. I only do I do the same thing, but only because the numbers fit. You can't put Erickson in a non-fifty-two. Oilers jersey it has to be a 52 Oilers jersey so, any any jersey that's it could not just or it could just not be a jersey it could be like a nice polo and put a golf club in his hand and that's just that's the, the uniform I see well the other choice was going to be his head coming out of a dumpster oh. and just looking kind of homeless but that was like the other it, choice like it from the pit Jonathan yeah. Erickson it from the pit yeah, more like Oscar the Grouch, I think. Look it up, non-90s kids. It was a thing. <laughs> I'm a 90s um, kid, and I don't know what that is. It's well, it's the- better than Jonathan Erickson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Again, another I mean, low bar. Oh, that thing. Did you I just never knew what it, it was called. Yeah, I did. The little monster game. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Oh. I like Anyways. drawing the obscure references to ruin things. You're keeping us on our toes. <laughs> so, I... I, I don't think there's much else to say about Dezingo. I mean, he's a he's a solid player. And what did uh what did Columbus give up for him at the deadline? 
So the Blue Jackets acquired the 26-year-old Dezingle along with a 2019 seventh-round pick in exchange for their second-round pick in 2020, second-round pick in 2021, and Anthony Duclair. So two uh, two second-round picks in Duclair, which not a bad deal, I would say. Uh, yeah, I mean, for what Dezingle was doing with those with Ottawa in the first place, it's it makes sense, but it's still kind of che- pretty steep because what they pay for freaking Duchesne more more than that a lot more yeah yeah so Dezingle's contract right now he is currently making 1.8 million dollars uh AAV so yeah, for a two-year deal he had that yeah you could get him for far less than a Nyquist you could get him for far less than a Donskoy and I think he'd provide more if are uh, the same if not more value and yeah Sarah, where does it move Athens to you? Yes, to defense. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> <laughs> to another team. <laughs> so we're gonna talk a little bit about some of Sarah's points, and I'm just gonna read them off to you, and we're gonna see if you at all remember what they meant. Oh, so, boy. your first point was I forgot Wade Megan existed. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, and then I was reminded again today when I was looking at who we're supposed to be signing or not signing. Um, and by forgetting he exists, I feel like that means that he can just go go off, do whatever Wade Megans do that is not playing for the Griffins or the Red Wings. <laughs> yeah, because we need room. Yeah, because I'm thinking and I'm I'm thinking already about kind of next year because like I said, my defensive dreams come true when everybody like leaves <laughs> oh yeah but next year. To leave as much room as possible to sign all of our oldest sons who will be up for bigger money it's gonna yeah that's gonna be an aggressive episode when everyone finally falls off all their cap hits go away yeah i'm gonna have to play music throughout the background of the entire thing it's gonna be like uh shares uh believe in the background i think for the whole episode <laughs> And it's just going to play in the background and we're just going to talk and, and have drinks and make it a party. Is but, that really the first song that you could come up with? It's a good uh, background cha- uh, track, smooth techno music, uh, share and auto-tune, yeah. Are we all in agreement that Nicholas Cronwall needs to not resign? Well, Oh, that is, here we go. See, Tyler, you're just right here. back <laughs> into this shit again. Here we go. This is Sarah's point number two. <laughs> If Cronwall retires, I will cry, and I bet they'll piss us off by signing some one-year deal for a slightly less old guy as a mentor, just to say adieu to Ken Holland's reign. That is point two. So, I agree with that. Uh, Steve Eiserman had a funny quip the other day when asked by a reporter, uh, any word on, or any update on Cronwall's plans? And Eisman said, yeah, there's an update, but I'm not telling you. <laughs> so, and I wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to take that clip and do it with like the thug life, like fade into black and just say thug life. Uh, or with, like drop the glasses on him and it said deal with it. I think that would have been a good one. Uh, but Sarah, if you would like to, to talk a little bit, uh, I guess give Cronwall the preseason eulogy, if you will. Oh. <laughs> uh now I'm really leaving. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to, like, put my heart 
bias aside, so I'm not going to try. Um, and I'm going to say one-year deal, like two million, one and a half million, five dollars. A dollar? Uh, you know, if he's, I've been firmly stating that he had a good season last year. And the year before, mm-hmm. he also was pretty good. And like the three years before that, it just, it hurt to watch him limp after players as they skated past him on the power play or the penalty kill and score on us either way shorthanded that was painful but he was solid last year and he was our iron man he played more games than anybody by a lot second place i think was luke glendenning was our second iron man um so i'm i'm on board for one more year of cronwall although my brain acknowledges how many young defensemen we have that need to get their time because they're growing old. They're getting older. They're growing up. They're not going to be young defensemen forever. So they really need a chance. Cause I feel like we've had the same, I know we don't, but I feel like we've had the same defensive course since Lidstrom left. Like we just froze in time. Well, it's and been the same quality. That's yeah. So it's like interchangeable bad, bad pieces. Yeah. <laughs> I do think Cronwall is going to retire. And it's simply, if not for the fact that he doesn't feel great, though he says he does, I think he acknowledges the defensive logjam that the team is putting themselves into. If he didn't before, he definitely did after this draft. Uh, that that there are kids and they're going to need time to play. And it's it's done being the facts of life Red Wings team where you take the good and you take the bad. We need less of the bad and more of the good. So, uh, Tyler, what do you think about Cronwall retiring? Well, I mean, it, it puts the end to an era. I mean, Zetterberg was gone, Datsuk's gone, Cronwall will be gone, and, and thankfully at the end of this year, Erickson will be gone as well. Uh, but it does definitely, you know, close a book on an era and, and start with a new one. And I just think that at the at the, at the stage of his career right now, I mean, he's going to come back and, what, be a seventh defenseman? And like, I mean, I think he'd rather see a – a younger player in that, or we'd rather see a younger player in that position um, just to start developing and, and, and seeing what those guys can become. And I just, I just don't see the upside in bringing Cronwall back. Now, if he comes back and he really feels like he can play one more year and Steve Eiserman said that he has a spot on the team as long as he wants to uh, for this coming year. So, I mean, you know what? If he if he wants to come back and he's going to be healthy, then come back. But if you're not healthy, don't force it. You know, just go home, be with your family, and that kind of thing. Yeah, don't purposely hurt yourself just because you think you can play another year. Exactly. Yeah, with a team that's going nowhere to begin with. Yeah, maybe if we were making a cup run or something, I'd say yeah, bring Cronwall back and, and have him take one last run. But I mean, we're not even making a play a wild card run. So we're making a lottery pick run. That's what we're making. (laughs) So point three, which is probably my least favorite point that you made, was (laughs) Witter is coming back. Deal with it. And to that, I say no. I didn't say I wanted it to happen. I just facts of life. It was a matter of fact comment. Yes, but it was a matter of fact. Why? If, especially if Cronwall retires. And the number one reason for me why Cronwall oh. would retire is he doesn't want anybody to ask him about it or have any special ceremonies or any attention. So he will retire because he doesn't want any fanfare. And that's how he avoids it. And then I think he just died. 
winner gets to to come back and be Mr. Seventh Defenseman, fight too much, take stupid penalties and go fishing. And everybody, everybody loves it, except all of us. Except for people that watch the team play. Uh, Did, but what, wouldn't you want to throw Eric's into that 7D position? I want to throw Erickson a lot farther than that. <laughs> but I'm We're throwing Erickson to Woodward. But I am short and weak, and he is tall, so I can't throw him very far. But I think we send Erickson on a one-way trip to Siberia. That's what I think. Just send him back to Sweden. They'll or be that, happy with fine. him. Can be a but, forward in Sweden again. But, but he'll probably have... be injured, too. He's got the whole hip thing that he doesn't really talk about, but everybody knows is a problem. Hip and he ankle. doesn't really talk at all, right? Like <laughs> that's I don't remember. true. No, he has not talked in like ten years. It's true. I wonder if his voice was stolen by a witch. <laughs> I just, I literally have not heard Jonathan Erickson talk. God, I don't even think I heard him talk last season. They rarely you know had him on post game interviews. You know when the last time I heard him talk, um, uh, in that Dylan Larkin, you know, the mic'd up where he had that like toe drag from like the top of the slot and scored and he's like wow wow wait maybe he was replaced by a robot that hasn't had its firmware updated <laughs> there's got to be something to this maybe that's why he's so bad because it's not the real jonathan erickson the We've real jonathan erickson would hole. be bad but not that bad um, but I think I think we could do without bringing Witkowski back. I think we could move uh, Erickson to a 7D position. Granted, you'd probably have to have a, another forward as an extra forward, but I don't think there's enough reason to bring Witkowski back. And Iserman's fired him oh. once, so I don't see why he wouldn't fire him again. Did he really uh, fire him, though? He, I mean, he let he let him go. He went to free agency. He released him to pasture. He gave him the old yeller. Yeah. I mean, he didn't fire. Yeah. In the middle of the season, he didn't, like, tell him he's fired to leave. Like, that would be kind of mean. He just didn't bring him back. I mean, hopefully that happens again. But I'd rather, I mean, I'd rather have Crown Walberg, Witkowski, and Erickson. Now, see, that's the other, again, though, that's the other choice. Do you sign Cronwall for a year at a low contract to make him a 7D? But I assume if you sign him at all, he's going to want to play. He's not just going to sit in a press box and and watch. But would I like to see him Cronwall at least one more person? Although the Cronwalls that he tried last year were only semi-successful. Yes. He had a few good pops out there. He did? I mean, a couple of the pops were his ankles. (laughs) But... uh, It'll bring us to our next point um, that says, can't wait to trade Luke Glenn Denning for Jake Gardner. Done deal. So wait, uh, <laughs> Jake Gardner uh, has actually been listed as a possible target for the Detroit Red Wings. Gardner is a half a point per game player. And it says, actually, from Max Boltman's article, it says Gardner would fit well as a playmaker in Detroit. Lucision has his play-driving capabilities among the league's best at both ends of the ice, and his overall value as a top-pair defenseman for several more years. So he's just about to turn 29, so Detroit, again, uh, needs to be conscious of term from a cap perspective, but locking in a mobile offensive defenseman who can provide veteran guidance as a bonus 
not a sole purpose could end up being a prescient ad with the defensive core. Is that what that word was? Uh, prescient ad. Prescient? When the defensive prescient. prescient ad when the defensive core is presumably dominated by Detroit's youth in a couple years. So what that tells me is Mike Green has some sort of zombie virus that will not go away. And I'm pretty sure he's like half dead right now because we have not heard from Mike Green about Mike Green or seen Mike Green since that's mildly got, concerning since his virus reappeared. So Jake Gardner uh, can provide offense kind of like Mike Green. He can move the puck. But I also think Jake Gardner is much better defensively than Mike Green. So He's better defensively than our entire defense. Well, I would at this point maybe not. Well, okay, maybe. Yeah, I I I get it. Heronic has a little <laughs> bit of room left to work on his defensive game, but again, would I mind Gardner? No, not really. But do I want to pay Gardner a crap ton of money? Absolutely not. For five years. Even the term at a five-year term when you're 29, that brings you to 34. That's not terrible. No, but I mean, to the point that Max makes the yet Chalowski on your yep. ELC, you're going to have Hironic on coming through his ELC midway through that yep. contract. Uh, we'll probably have cider coming up in that time during that time. Yeah. Granted. And we've talked about this before. The cap will likely go up a significant amount because of the new deal that comes in place in a couple seasons. But I don't know. I, I would, I would be okay with it because then you know that he's going to be, your middle pairing D man probably when are these guys are hitting their prime, especially at the front end. So you're going to have that extra level of speed and smarts coming from the back end with him, Chalowski, Hironic, and if Cider's there, that's great. And whoever else they can ch- try to bring in the fold. I think of all the names that were talked about, this would be my my preference, especially if it meant no Witkowski and no Cronwall, because it's an immediate upgrade in my opinion though I still think Cronwall would be better than option than Daly and Erickson. But I don't know. It's I'm good. If, I'd be happy if they did. Happy if they didn't. What would the term and dollar be on the Jake Gardner deal, though? I don't think anything was mentioned in the article as far as term and dollar. Evolving Hockey projects him at $6.8 million over seven years. Yeah, I could see it a lot lower than that, though. I could see like a five-year, $5 million deal or something like that. Well, if you're cutting time, you're upping price generally. So if you're looking at a five-year uh, deal, you're looking at around $8 million. Nope. That's so, too much. Yeah, that's too there's much. No way, no way anyone's going to pay Jake Gardner that much money. No. Sarah, are you, uh, are, are you getting Jake Gardner if it means uh, – trading away Luke Glendening? I like how you're reading these. Like, I'm serious. Now I'm going to get a bunch of people <laughs> tweeting me being like, you're such an idiot. You don't know anything. Which, yeah, it's true, but don't say it like that. So you, don't have to, no, you don't have to be mean about I don't it. Want, no, I don't, I don't want Jake Garner. I don't really want to sign anyone who's like at that 29, 30-year-old mark because they're going to want this is like the last chance for the big contract. Yeah. I want someone either, I mean, I don't want anyone older, but like 20, 25, 26, who would settle for like a couple of years, be like, look, you'll get lots of minutes. You'll be on a crappy team, so you'll look great. And then some other team will pay you a lot of money. So let's make that happen. Um, and that's, I don't think that's the Jake Gardner dream uh, that's no, going to happen. Want someone that wants a, you want someone that wants a bridge deal like Mitch Marner. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I was I seeing uh, I was seeing a couple of it. Like, uh, what's his name? Ben Ben Hutton. Ben Hutton. Yeah, I saw his name somewhere. Probably yeah. I don't know where. I think it was there was a funny thing where because Ben Hutton is on Vancouver, Vancouver I believe right. Ben Hutton's on Vancouver. Oh, anyway, you sounded pretty confident, so I was just gonna go with it. Yeah, I think Ben Hutton's on Vancouver, <laughs> and they were going to. He was asked to be included in a trade earlier in the year, uh, and they said no because we're not gonna trade him. And then now they pretty much have to trade him or cut him or let him walk or something. No, he and had, like he didn't get a qualifying a offer. He's because they didn't they didn't send him the qualifying offer. He becomes a free agent July first. Yeah. So like why wouldn't you just include him in a trade if you're not gonna qualify him? No sense. That makes no sense to me. He's twenty six years old, so he's a younger guy. He has room to improve. I mean, if, if people are still giving Athanasiu hope that he can be better defensively, you can give Ben Hutton uh, hope that he might also get better defensively because he's a defenseman. But he had 20 points in 69 games. Nice. And you're not qualifying him, but but you wouldn't put him in a trade earlier in the year. So I don't know what's going on in Vancouver. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening out there. Jim Benning, and that's what. Yeah, Jim Benning's trying to sign every player under the sun. It's the Chirelli effect. Yeah, well, they want to sign Chirelli, too. Yeah. (laughs) That was the other thing. If Peter Chirelli gets another job in the NHL, you know the league is corrupt. Because literally, I mean, I I could go pick a five-year-old child off my street who could GM a team better than Peter Chiarelli based on looking at names alone. Well, Greg, so, I, will say, I will say Peter Chiarelli is not the type of guy that should get a, a, a high-impact type of job ever again. They're going to make him assistant GM in Vancouver. I I hear that. Can he, can he get a scouting job? Absolutely. You think he's going to go from a GM role to a scout? No, no but he should not be a, in a high-impact role ever again. I agree with Greg there, but he will get a job in hockey somewhere. Uh, I doubt it. It won't I mean, be with the Red Wings. It may, so, not be, uh, it may not be in the NHL. It might It might have to be a college job or it might have to be a uh, junior job, but he'll get a job in hockey somewhere. Well, the well, only reason yeah. you get a job is if it's an old boys club, right? It's, it's friends it, hiring it's friends. It's proven to be that. Exactly. Time and time again. So... If we're going off the, te- uh, off the theme tonight, Ryan, it would be time after time, just to let you know. But uh, One more night. <laughs> we've, uh, we're we're going to go to our mailbag. We had a couple of questions from Facebook. God bless them. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. I put up my flash hole as a, as a seal with the flag waving behind Still him. Still the creepiest effing picture you have created yet. <laughs> If by that you mean the best yeah. gift you've uh, ever seen in your life. Uh, but uh, we got a couple questions. So Adam from Facebook says, one, is there anyone worth taking this summer for the wings? So if you if you weren't forced to pick a free agent, you just had to say, is there anyone that is definitely worth the Red Wings taking uh, as a free agent this summer? Is there anyone? And I say No. My answer is sit on your money, Scrooge McDuckett, get as much money as you can, let all the contracts fall off, and then then make some moves in the next few years. But I think right now it's promoting youth is probably the most important thing. 
my only hope was Carlson, which was never going to happen anyways. So after that, it is zero people that I would enjoy seeing the Red Wings go after. I think the only thing they'll do, I think we kind of talked about this online, is that they'll probably go with some depth defense signings. But that'll be strictly to cover down in Grand Rapids because they had they lost, what, three defensemen this year? Yeah, but year? you got to figure we got Caskey if Cider stays yeah. in Grand Rapids. That's another hole. If Cider stays, so, then I, I'm not too worried about what they got going on there. But there's there's going to be a. I think the only real signings you're going to see from Detroit are going to be depth depth type moves or a top six forward type play. But That's if you had it. to choose, you would not sign anyone. If I had, if I like, who do I really want? No, no. Or if, just in, in an actual in actuality. Do you think they should sign someone? Is there anyone that is 100 no. percent worth signing? Not this year. I think they should go all in next year on some on people and okay. wait to see how that draft class plays out on top of the free agency class. Because they've Beautiful. got, if especially if like Krug and Truba, if Truba only signs a one-year tender uh, uh, in New York um, with the couple names that could potentially be available for Detroit to go after, I think they wait another season, because especially with the restricted guys they're going to have to sign. Because if Sarah. Mantha goes off, they're going to have way too much money to put into him. Oh, wait, Ryan's still talking. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you were done. You sounded done. Sarah. I had to compose my thoughts. Well, Ryan has a point about 2020 because with Tory Krug, because we all know that if Livonia, you are required to sign with the Wings. That's the law. So yeah, from done, Michigan. So, done deal. But as far as this year, no, but we could afford to take on like a dead body not literally dead or yeah but we've got the room to take on sure. take on a dead contract and you know scoop up another draft pick because you can never have enough mm-hmm. so i could see i could see eiserman working working some wizardry to take on some you know bum contract for and getting a getting a draft pick out of it um yeah my Ooh. conspiracy theory is that if eiserman goes hard after a fairly decent defenseman, it does mean that Mike Green is fully zombified forever. Um, and that, but he won't ever tell us that until October. Yeah. But that's my, my conspiracy theory is if he's going hard at defenseman, it means that somebody has gone wrong and possibly infected the others or daily is out the door. That would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I, there's nobody I'm like, yes, you must sign, but I could see like a second line winger and a random defenseman or two or five showing up and and as i said a dead body can never you can never have enough you can never have too many dead bodies but i think that dead body might come from vegas because vegas is about to be in super cap hell uh and it's great so it would it would probably be uh stasny from vegas touch on sarah's point real quick you know up the 401 there seems to be a pretty big cap issue with the Leafs signing Marner and Kapanen and Janssen. And the rumor is, is that they're trying to ship Nikita Zaitsev out. And I think he makes 5 million or four and a half or something like that. Well, he's their abdicator. Yes. He's their uh. abdicator. Well, I could see them sending us a, well, maybe not us specifically, but I could see them sending the, um, you know, Zaitsev to a team for draft picks or not for draft picks, so with a draft pick attached so that they could sign that player, they could sign Marner and Kapanen and Janssen. 
So I don't know if that's something that the Wings would do. I don't know if Toronto would even do it with them, but that goes back to Sarah's dead body point. And and Nikita Zaitsev is useless in my opinion, but it would it would definitely get them a draft pick. Um, to free agency, I think you do nothing. And I am usually a proponent of doing as much as you can and, and making the best out of every single year. But I just there's there's really nothing, not one or two moves or three moves you can make here that's going to make you that much better. That's going to make you a playoff team. If you're a playoff team this year, a lot of things are going to have to go right for you. And the reason that you're going to be a playoff team is not because of what you're bringing in. It's because of what you already have. And those players have already gotten better. That's the way I look at it. That was a very good answer, Tyler. As I was gonna say to that point, I think the best the way they look in, if they were to look like a playoff team or contend more, is the youth movement begins this year. Yeah, and that is gonna be guys like Zadina coming out and just freaking shooting fireballs, Cracking scoring skulls. goals, doing everything that we hope for, and then you've got the oh shit moment with Valino somehow making the roster, which granted I know it's a long shot dust in the wind but if you have guys like that, oh, we are is dust in the wind that's true <laughs> but like then having um chalowski heronic all these guys that we're hoping are going to be big they, that's if they step up and make that impact then i could see them scaring us and our hopes for a, a lottery pick but yeah i doubt it so the second part of the question is, can you see the Wings buying anyone out to free up a spot? Mm-hmm. Again, no. I mean, unless they want to buy out the last year of, of Erickson, which I think we would all welcome with open arms. Uh, I mean, actually, with feet and getting them out the door. But I'll help him pack his stuff. We all would. Call Tess. Yeah. She's ready. Yeah. We're good. I, I'll drive him to the airport on my bike. You mean you'll pedal him to the airport on, on your bike? bike? Do you have like pegs on your I, back I, I wheel? I'll pedal him to the airport on my. I thought bike. you. I thought you just got like a job as a lift driver. You only have a I, bike. Okay, I have a bike as well. I don't use it. I'm just. <laughs> Erickson saying. doesn't deserve to ride in the car. <laughs> <laughs> the only place for him in the car is the trunk. Oh no! Uh, the top of the roof. Uh, Ryan, would you buy anyone out this year? Yeah. I mean, we all know my stance on that. It's, I would have bought out, if anything, I would have bought out daily because it's going to be a cheap, much cheaper cost for two seasons. But uh, the guys that we would hope for, for them to sign, they're not going to be able to sign this year. So the benefit to me, unfortunately, isn't there. I don't see the point in doing it this year. I mean, we're not looking to win exactly so really just carry the losers um but in all honesty i mean i feel like we we need to be like like silas marnering this another reference for you hoarding our wealth for next year because next year we could do a lot of and really really set ourselves up so there's no point in kind of shooting ourselves in the foot now just to eject the players we don't like you know in the dream world applicator gets bought out disappears for like a dollar but again just save save anything for next year um and just hold on one more horrific season hope for some fun surprises 
um, and then, you know, pedal to the metal next summer. Tyler, are you buying anyone out? No, I'm not buying anybody out. I'm not taking the cheese on that. I'm sorry. As much as I hate Erickson, it's only one more year. It's only less than 365 days, and uh, he'll be gone, and we won't have to worry about number 52 out there looking like a goddamn pylon. Um, so we just wait a year. You're not going to buy Applicator out because it costs way too much. For too There's- long. For way He's your long. Stephen Weiss. He's Steve, yeah, Stephen Weiss. Ugh. Nielsen is the same thing. It, it's just it's it, there's no point to do it right now. You don't need to do it. And the other point I wanted to say on free agency as well is free agency is usually just to add to a good team. It's not usually the you know the driving force besides getting John Tavares, I suppose. But so the last part of this question is not free agent related, but favorite pick from the draft. I would say um, Mastro Simone because I like his name. No, I'm just kidding. I, I do I do like that pick, though. Um, I watched some highlights on him. I really like him. And I, I getting back to the first pick there with Cider, I really do like that pick the more that I look at it and the more that I read articles and, and the more that I watch some highlights of him uh, in, at the camp here. He just looks really polished. He looks like a better skater than 98% of our defensemen. So cool. I do like that pick. Sarah, who was your favorite draft pick? We all know I don't remember any of their names. Um, <laughs> according, we, but I, you know, according to the Steve Eiserman Red Wings Twitter mood chart, people got, were pretty satisfied second and third round. I liked the, uh, the enormous kid we drafted. Toward the end of the draft, Elmer uh, Elmer Soderblom. Soderblom, yep. Yeah, he's yep. like six foot seven, two twenty. So yeah. it's like, remember that time that Brendan Smith almost fought Zidane Chara? <laughs> well, this yes. kid could actually do it. He I could. mean, Chara would be like sixty by then, but still, <laughs> still probably be a good fight. Or yeah. he could like put Joe Hicketts on his shoulders, and that would be three people. They would be as tall as three people. Yeah, it was a. Uh... Uh, I've been reading quite a bit from the the development camp, and George Malik said that he's a huge guy, but he doesn't play like he's huge because he's been big his whole life, which makes me worried for his mother. But he's he's been big his whole life, and he doesn't skate awkwardly. He doesn't reach awkwardly. He doesn't stumble over himself. They said he skates like he's only six foot tall. So that's absolutely insane to me and he could be one of the the draft steals but ryan who's your favorite pick from the draft so my favorite one has turned into ethan phillips the more i hear okay. about this cat this kid he as i the the term has been so loosely thrown around he's, he competes as what they their new favorite word is um but he had a came on strong that's at the this end. year's process right yeah that's the new process compete Tyler, you're going to love this kid because him, Mastacholi, and uh, you're going to have all three of those guys out at BU this year. So you get to see these dudes first firsthand and give us some updates. But you get to see Kinsalo as well. Yeah. Pick a few years ago. Yep. All three are going to be at, at BU. So that'll be pretty awesome. Um, that That's also huge. But uh, just the hearing the kid's story, his parents have brought in kids like Z- Philip Zadina. Um, what's the term? What's when the kids are traveling? They brought in Heeshear. Um, they as billeted host, him. They billet host parents, essentially. 
and he's got to see how these guys work and the type of stress and everything else that goes along with being a, a top tier prospect. And now he's in the Red Wing system. He's going to a top tier university to hopefully elevate his game that much more. I mean, he's a small guy. He's this, the, the free press article. He's at five, nine, one forty five. So obviously he needs to grow, but you put some muscle on this kid. Who knows? I mean, he's got everything else. It sounds like for what in the that the wings love about him. So um, it'll be interesting to watch to see how this this class goes. Yeah, and I'll round out the the uh, draft selections with Albin, whose now last name is pronounced Groovy. Apparently, Groovy. is that what they said today? I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, the the W makes a V sound because Aww. he's Swedish, so it's Groovy. Oh, that makes way so, more sense. It makes sense. The pictures I put out today of him in tie-dye <laughs> with glasses, and he's Albin Groovy. You were on a roll today. I sent a really creepy picture where I put his face on an old Alvin and the Chipmunks uh, <laughs> cartoon. It looks because he looks super like he's going to murder someone. I, every picture I've seen of him, he makes me uncomfortable because he honestly looks like he is about to or has just murdered someone. And you know what you did today, too, is you made it even more uncomfortable with your photoshopping. Yeah, well, that's my job. But uh, <laughs> he he is, for lack of a better term, a shit disturber. They're saying that he his ceiling might be uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, but I think he might have a little bit more offensive potential than Bertuzzi. So he would be our – he said he, he looks – he likes Brad Marchand, and that's all you should know about him is he likes Brad Marchand and he gets under people's skin. He took like 102 penalty minutes in like 30 games or something last season. So that's a lot. But I think, (laughs) I think he might be my favorite, like watching him now and watching the dev camp coverage of him. He might be my, uh, my steal of the draft, probably my pick of the draft so far, because he's got, he's got grit and skill and, we need the the mixture of both, not not just grit. We leave just grit out of here. Can we talk about the fantastic use of shit disturber? Yeah, it's a great word. We should I, use I, it more often. I kind of zoned out after you said that because I, I absolutely found that word to be amazing. So um, <laughs> You're carry welcome. on. Yeah, use it use it in your everyday life just That's randomly. A, I probably will. The final <laughs> question we have before we wrap the podcast tonight is. Uh, as you know, we both have uh, we got a ton of defensemen now, and our defensive uh, pipeline has never been, uh, for lack of a better term, f- more full. Uh, I'm not going to say great, just more full. Uh, over the next one to two years, who do you see staying and who do you see going uh, for defense? So I think it's easier to answer this with in, in two years, which defenseman do you not see in the system? And my my view on it is you will probably see Brian Lashoff go. You will probably see um, Joe Hicketts go. You'll probably see. And then, I mean, I couldn't begin to tell you who from the current draft class may not get a qualifying offer. But, I I mean, there's a lot, a lot of defense. You'll see mm-hmm. Alphonse, uh, Alphonse Malmstrom will go. Um, Malty Setkoff might go. He hasn't impressed a lot of people, but I think uh, the main names you'll you'll hear is I think Joe Hicketts will go. I think Sari RV might get traded. 
I think that uh, Brian Lashoff will probably go, and that should fill up uh, with the other ones that I talked about, some spots for other defense. Yeah, I put, actually, ironically enough, since you started mentioning that, I have the cap-friendly entire depth roster. That's why I put, that's all of their defensemen in the system right now without the draft picks. Actually, it's got draft picks, I'm sorry. That's too many. Yeah, so they've got how many total current with the including current roster 29 defensemen in their in the Red Wing system. And that's not including guys that are signed, that's including prospects, Grand Rapids and Detroit. But I mean, the real names to follow in my opinion is going to be McIsaac once he comes back from injury. Um Gustav Lindstrom, he's this is his first year in Grand Rapids, correct? Uh, yeah, yep. So he's he's a guy I think we need to keep an eye on. Koski, he's on a one-year deal, but it's going to be very interesting to see what he can provide. Um, and then moving forward, Kakinsalo, if he can actually produce and be something. Alec Regula, I think he had a pretty solid year with London Knights. He, correct, he's at London? Yeah, he also made the USA Showcase. So Regula, I think, he, I think Regula could be a sleeper. Possible. He was, but He was the son of the team's dentist. My wife actually worked with him because she was a dental hygienist for a short while. Oh. Um, and then Cider, of course, is the other big name to see where he can goes. I mean, granted, we just watched him skate, but the dude has some wheels on him and his highlight tape is no sh- no bullshit. So um, there, there's definitely a lot of promise. And then we're not even talking about Hironik and Chalowski right now. So that tells you how things are possibly looking and Bowie for that matter. If he can actually get turn it around, he's only 24 years old. So I don't know. I think there's more promise now than there was three years ago. That's for damn sure. Sarah, would you feel the same about the future of the Red Wings defense? I think so. And I, I do need to apologize to Madison Bowie for completely forgetting about him um, <laughs> for the past, uh, whatever, three months. Except for so, the season end. I already, I already had to apologize to Tara Hirose, and now now I also need to apologize. I'm sorry, Madison, for forgetting about you. I'll, I'll have to make you a meme later if I remember. But I, but in seriousness, like I, I thought he fit in well last year. Um, I kind of remember, you know, it took him a little while to settle in. Then he kind of had a breakout game, and you know, he fit, he fit right in. I don't see him as being like the future of the, you know, next franchise superstar defenseman. But as a guy who's there while we're waiting for our seasoning to take hold on the younger guys, I think that'd be that'd be solid. But yeah, I see a, a lot of these guys whose names I don't know now and will never know later. Um, (laughs) They will all disappear to Europe and they'll do their Europe thing. Yeah. What do people do in Europe? Extremely intense analysis. (laughs) (laughs) Go do your Europe things. Like, like pay for things with euros. Like, like go to the hospital. (laughs) Yeah. Get Get an MRI. Get an MRI just for fun. Go to college. Who Don't cares? they all wear tight pants and no socks? Yeah, go wear tight pants and no socks. Have live it up. I'll never <laughs> understand that trend. See a nice hillside where that's not in the hill that's not a trash dump. Look at you <laughs> breathing your clean air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Swiss Alps. Whoa. How do you feel about the uh, future of the Detroit Red Wings defense? I the future of the Detroit Red Wings defense is much, much, much better than it was 
you know, even a week ago now with, with this draft class that they, they brought in with cider and, and, and it seems like it's starting to change where they're, they're going to be a lot more mobile. They're going to be a lot less slow and, and, and like trying to turn a boat around, you know what I mean? Like it's, they're so damn slow. It, it's insane. They get, they turn the puck over more than anything I've ever seen. So, I, I am really happy about the future of the Red Wings defense core and, and even more seeing that Chalosky and Hironik are both going to be probably mainstays. I, I would see both of them probably being here for, for a long period of time. And then hopefully they hit on um, Cider as well. But I mean, right now you're in a lot better spot than you were even, you know, like I said, a week ago and, and a hell of a lot better spot than you were in, uh, you know, two years ago when you started the rebuild. Cider, he, he excites me more and more. And we kind of talked amongst ourselves about it though, after our, the shock wore off, but um, Scotty Bowman was actually on 97 one, I believe yesterday or this morning this morning, and said that he believes that cider is going to be a home run for Detroit. Uh, then you listen to the the development camp, and then I think it was Ken Cow that compared that pick to Cernak out in Tampa. Then he's one of their top prospects on D right now, and he he I think he was actually playing quite a decent minutes last year. Yep. But the the comparisons that are starting to get made about him because of his mobility, he's big, and he also has offensive upside that hasn't really been tapped yet. I think he could turn into the prospect to watch on the back end along with the Valino and Zadina. I think those could be our top three moving forward, to be quite honest. Yeah, I mean, it's, as we said, it's looking up. It's not all doom and gloom anymore, especially after next year when we drop some contracts off. But I think that about wraps it up for the podcast tonight. Uh, we would love to thank Sarah for coming on again and lending her opinions to our show we love having her on uh whenever she can make it so thank you sarah yay thanks for having me and listening to my unusual analysis (laughs) (laughs) no no i think the word you were looking for was expert your expert analysis tell tell the listeners where they can find you i mean not your address but like online you'll never find me (laughs) many have tried all have failed uh, oh. no, you can follow me on Twitter at Helmeroids. And if you're having trouble finding me, just follow the trail of cupcakes, sparkles, rainbows, and memes. And I'm at the end, like a pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a trail of Lisa Frank vomit all the way <laughs> to her Twitter. Uh, That's the brand. <laughs> That's the brand. Uh, you can follow Ryan. <laughs> I'm going to do your guys a shout out just because I can. You can follow oh, Ryan okay. on Twitter at rdryan33. You can follow Tyler, I assume, still at SealDog91. No, because I'm I can remember it. Greg, I was getting good at this. I remembered. See, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is part of the master plan to get you to fuck it up again. Yeah. So you can follow Tyler at SealDog91. <laughs> you can follow me at Bringing the Wing. You can more importantly follow me where I put out some content uh at grindline pod we have an instagram now because i guess that's what the kids are doing these days so if you go into instagram and search grindline pod we will be there posting things and stuff and i think we have like 16 followers without actually doing anything we're so up that's to pretty 17 neat. we just had oh. one a little bit ago and okay. kicker it's linked 
to the Twitter and Facebook. So when we post on one, it hits all three. No big deal. Well, it can. I've just been telling it not to hit uh, Twitter because it doesn't post the picture, only the text. It brings clicks, Greg. uh, It doesn't. That's bullshit. But uh, yeah, go go Instagram, Twitter, and Instagram us. I guess that's what that's what we're doing now. But you can find our podcast on uh, all the major podcast networks: Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Play, Podbean. Go check out our merch. Go to Redbubble.com and search uh, the Grind Line, and go to our shop. We've got cool T-shirts which you can purchase, which lets us keep making podcasts, and it might even eventually buy Ryan a new headset. But Shut uh, your yeah. mouth. <laughs> but for uh, for Sarah and Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.